0: Hi, I'm Paul Carr, Teacher Tales, T-A-I-L-S, Podcast 42, Afghanistan Assault Helmet. Uh, Raphael had been my student in second and fifth grade, but we kept in contact over the years. He'd let me know when he got an award in high school, say for track or field. He even invited my wife and myself to his dad's when he proposed to his wife and then he joined U.S. Special Forces in Afghanistan. He was a sergeant. He wrote when he could, and today I was supposed to meet him in a restaurant. Um, Rafael knew, and I had told him, that I collect military helmets. Um, Whenever I sell a story, I buy a helmet, so I've got a big shelf on the wall with helmets. Uh, Anyway... So, he walked in, and he's got cradled in his arms, an American assault helmet, so I had to chuckle. So, he gave that to me, we embraced, and uh, we sat, and he said, uh, Mr. Carr, this is my helmet. And I said, yeah, well, I figured that. He goes, uh, okay, listen, I got to tell you what's going on, I can't stay here a super long time, but... Um, I need somebody I trust, not in the military, to debrief me. And you've debriefed me for years. You don't mind hearing this, do you? Well, I said, oh, Raphael, not at all. It's always disturbing, intriguing, and it's part of you. Uh, that you even take time to see me will make this whole month meaningful. You need to talk. I'm more than happy to listen. So he pulled his chair up and... uh kind of looked down. He said, well, good. He goes, man, Afghanistan, it's such a mess. Guess how long an average firefight lasts? I go, I have no clue. I said, I'm Peace Corps, ex-Peace Corps, two, three hours maybe. He goes, nope, five minutes, the longest five minutes every time. We go out on night missions, which is BS now, because we aren't supposed to do night missions anymore because General Petraeus wants to limit damage we do to civilians. Anyway, we go out, and we see these lights blipping, flashing, and zip, 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 thwack, thwack, if you're not so lucky. But the Kevlar usually holds unless it's a PK or an IED or a damn lucky shot. Usually Taliban can't shoot to save their lives. But the Al-Qaeda... Those suckers are trained, and they hold their ground. I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There's a PK? You're joking. There's a weapon called a PK. Yes, he said, Mr. Paul Carr, alias PK. I hadn't thought about that. A PK is a heavy machine gun, but light enough to carry or run with. He shook his head. That would be real ironic if a PK took me out. Uh, And I said, Raphael, how about if old age takes you out instead? He said, I'm afraid that isn't gonna happen. That's kinda why I'm here. You like stories. You used to tell us really engaging ones in elementary school. Raphael, I have to tell you, you make me so damn happy just to see you. You haven't screwed up your life. You're not in prison. You're not dead like too many of your classmates. You have a plan. You know what you wanna do. He sighed. You know what I really want? I wouldn't even breathe this to another human. I want to live. Even if I get a leg blown off, that would be okay, especially now that I'm married. But I think I'm dead, Mr. Carr. I have to think I'm dead when I'm over there. Otherwise, I can't do what I have to do. If we think we're walking dead, we have to just react. And I said, are you trying to make me cry? No, he replied, just sounding board you, You're my dirty laundry bag. If I even whisper this crap with the guys I'm hosed, I'm the commando team leader sergeant. They think I'm Mr. Frickin' Iron Guts. He looked at me. Fire away, kiddo, I said. Know how I said we throw away equipment in a battle last time I saw you? Yeah. Well, it's BS, because... We leave a fight, and then there are drones doing reconnaissance overhead, and they're watching below. When we make a tactical departure, the Taliban sweeps in after us, and they collect all the stuff that we just threw away. The drones track them back to their compounds, but we can't hit the compounds because that's where there are kids and women in them. And I said, saving hearts and minds, right? He said, not our hearts. We've seen drone videos of the Taliban and more likely the Al-Qaeda high-fiving their moms and each other after they hit us. Then they do calisthenics together in a compound yards and we can't fire up the place. It's terrible. Oh, Raphael, I don't know what to say. He continued. Most of the Afghans only do two things in their mountain valley villages. They take water out of the well and they take care of their donkeys. Then one day, some Taliban drive up in a four-wheeler. They're carrying heavy-duty weapons in the back of the truck. More than these villagers have ever seen. Most of these villagers only know old Enfield rifles from the Second World War, and they aspire to buy an AK-47. So the locals are in jaw-drop awe. The Taliban look like Martians to them. The Talis, we call them. The Talis tell them... The infidels are ten minutes behind. The infidels are gonna kill every living thing in this valley. They're gonna, and then they're gonna rape their livestock. Then the Talis leave. They scoot out the other end of the valley, or they hole up in some caves, and they wait for us. So guess what happens when we show up? Snipers are no friends anywhere. What could I say? I, I could. I just maintained eye contact, and he got that I wanted him to continue. Mr. Carr, I don't think I'll be seeing you again. That's why I wanted to give you my helmet. Jesus, I said, I'm going to give it back to you. Then he goes, Nah, I won't let you. It's a present. Hey, do you remember in second grade when you called my parents that one time? Yes, I do. Oh my God, you used to fight and you were pissed off all the time. I called in your folks. They both took both took a day off from picking artichokes. They lost a day's salary. Your dad stood in front of me, twisting his cowboy hat in his calloused hands. He couldn't look me in the eyes. He said, we don't want Raphael to work in the fields like us. When you need us, you call. We will come anytime. Raphael nodded in memory. Ah, we both stared out a window for a minute. Raphael said, this doesn't seem real. What? That a person can be fighting for their life, take other person's lives, then get on a plane and go to a beautiful place like this. It's safe, it's wealthy. Monterey to Afghanistan, it doesn't seem right or possible. He cradled his head. Man, I'm so afraid I'm gonna catch a bullet with my name on it. Can I just download my last mission to you? It's just eating me. I go, of course, fire away. Bad choice of words there, PK, fire away. He continued, if it wasn't for air support, I might not be here. Yeah? I got some pretty heavy emotions after that last firefight. We walked into an ambush set up by at least 100 Taliban. Seems like they always know when we're coming. With only our team and a group of Afghans, we pretty much all should have been snuffed. I have no idea how we made it out. We fought back from mid-morning to sunrise, which is way more than our usual five-minute firefight. Uh, We thought we were done, and then the planes came and saved us. We went way past our five minutes, like I told you. It spooked us. Again, I know I'm repeating myself, but I just can't believe it. If it wasn't for air support, I wouldn't be here. Well, I'm very glad for that, I told him. Raphael rubbed his chin. One of our Afghani counterparts died. Another lost a leg, and one of the guys has recovered from his wounds and is in stable condition. I have a lot more KNC ahead of me. And I asked, KNC? Killer capture missions, Mr. Carr. Killer capture. And quite frankly, I can't say that I have the power to stay safe. When we go in for a specific guy, particularly an Al-Qaeda target, those guys go out like gangsters, gun blazing. We had bullets, mortars, grenades, and rocket propelled grenades flying over our vehicle's, Our vehicles showed the remnants of a really fierce gun battle when we were done. I swear it looked like the 4th of July. Um, Do you mind if I ask you some questions? Not at all. Not at all. Most people don't care, don't want to know. They won't ask. It's nice when someone who thinks you matter asks. How do you begin something like this, a mission? Okay. It starts with us making our way to a village before sunrise. We had some early morning uh, business there, and apparently the enemy knew. So is that's what you call it, business. No, I'm sanitizing this for my old teacher, whom I hold in great regard, and I don't want to use profanity-laced military jargon. Okay, I said, what do you mean the enemy knew you were coming? We are so inf- infiltrated, it makes me sick. How can you guys be infiltrated, our assets? Our Afghan forces that fight with us, they're useless. They all have cousins or uncles over every hill. They rat out our every move. The locals start fires in the villages to let the Talis know we are on the way. Or a shepherd walks his flock over a a ridge. Or they release a flock of birds. All of these are signals to give warning that we are coming. Jesus, that can't feel too good, I said. It doesn't feel good. It sucks. Uh, Tell me more about this ambush that you got nailed in if you want. He sighed again. This village was definitely located in an area that favored the Taliban. As most are. Hell, anything outside of Kabul is land. And even that is Taliland at night. As for that village, we didn't know it. But the hill to the left and to the right were occupied by enemy machine guns. Our guys patrolled through. We crept in with our vehicles to a location in the village, which we had coordinated earlier with our guys on foot. That's when the AKs and RPG grenades and all these pretty lights came whizzing at us. Little did we know that one of our guys on foot was torn in half by the enemy's initial gunfire. I was driving one of the trucks with a gunner on top, laying down suppressive fire. In minutes, we heard that one of our guys was hit. We fought the enemy until we got word that we needed to medically evacuate our casualties. With the trucks right behind one another and our guys on foot, we took cover wherever we could find it. Jesus, what, scary? Or what? My God, Raphael. Nope, not then. Your adrenaline is humping you like an ugly fat girl. And all I could see was tracer rounds coming in from every direction. Explosions thumping everywhere and somebody is walking mortar rounds in closer and closer to our vehicle. Last one never came. Don't know why. We finally hauled ass to an area that provided better cover. We sent a medic to go retrieve our wounded. A good guy, Juan, had been shot in the chest, but his vest saved him. But the bullet broke his plate, and it sent shrapnel into his torso. He also had a bullet hole in his leg, but it wasn't a fatal wound. Medic came back packing bandages on Juan's wounds as he carried him back to us. As we were about to leave, an Afghani troop leader informed us that they couldn't find one of their men. What do you mean, I asked. What does that mean, it can't find one of their men? Oh, Mr. Carr, it means big trouble. We're trying to train the Afghanis to be professional, and we want them to trust us. So we turned the trucks around and went back into our ambush area looking for him. Heavy weapons pounded us this time, so moving in any distance to the initial attack point felt like miles. My team sergeant took up a group of men and disappeared into the village mud huts. Minutes later, I saw him coming out of a hut, dragging our fallen comrade or what was left of him. Under heavy gunfire, he brought the guy's body back to the truck, transferred him to the vehicle, and we rolled out of there. As we were leaving and getting attacked, that air support we had requested finally came by, and it was just like in the movies. The moment it showed up, it started to suppress enemy gunfire, and goosebumps ran down my body. We linked up with a partner force up ahead and topped off on some essential equipment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Translate for the civilian you're telling this story to. What does that mean? Linked up and topped off. Uh, We resupplied on bullets, weapons, and caught our breath. We then moved back towards the initial ambush site again and reconnoitered the area for enemy, but they had evaporated or disguised themselves as farmers like they always do. Overall, we didn't gain any ground on the Taliban. We pretty much had the retreat. Regretfully, the enemy had more manpower than we did. That's what we're facing over there. Rafael eyeballed me. I couldn't say anything. I didn't want to. He continued, That doesn't even account for roadside bombs. It's hard to explain what I feel. I know it's not my last encounter over there, and I made my peace with dying. I don't want to die when I'm not ready, but I can't worry about that crap. I made a commitment, and I'm ready to give my life for my country. I mean it. A soldier can't live in fear. Hoping not to get hurt is not an option, and I would love to return and appreciate the Central California Ocean Breeze but I swear I can't guarantee it. I'd like to, but all that is put on hold right now. Like most men out there, we pretty much think we're dead. It's just a matter of how long we go. And I'm sure as hell not gonna go out like a coward. I'm telling you this because I want you to know how I feel because I don't want my death to be a shock to my friends and family back home. Soldiers die, that's what happens. When I drive by a stop car or a motorcycle over there, knowing it might be a bomb, I don't say, God, I hope I don't get blown up. I look at it and realize it just might be my maker approaching me and saying, F it, I'm ready. That's how we roll over there every second, I'm ready. This may sound weird now, but if I die, now you know my last thoughts. Jesus, I said, (sighs) be careful eat that Afghan dirt when you have to. You make love to that soil. You make your body as small as you can. (laughs) Retreat is an honorable thing. Sure you don't need this? I helped up the helmet he had given me. Nah. Raphael turned to go and spun around. He looked to see if anybody else was within earshot. Nobody was. Know what's ironic, Mr. Carr? What? I said. Instead of me working in the fields of Castroville like my parents did, I'm working in the fields of Afghanistan. It's bullshit. <sighs> yeah. Oh God. What happens to my students? So anyway, um, yeah, that's Raphael. Oh God. He, yeah, so he would tell me all these stories. And one time, Raphael is not his real name, uh, 100% Latino, mom and dad, Latinos, they worked the Fields. Yeah, he was a cute little kid, but really pissed off, always fighting. And uh, yeah, he's been in contact with me for years and years and years. And uh, one time he said, Mr. Carr, I'm gonna send you this, but you gotta promise, 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 you can't show it to anybody. And he he had the equivalent of a military GoPro on on his helmet, and he sent me a battle. Oh my God! They they the American soldiers, his buddies, they were inside a compound, and uh, they're up on the walls and they're just firing. I mean, there's just shells flying everywhere and dust, and there's this uh, a guy that's in the center. And he's tied up with a blanket over his head. And um, that was one of the KNC, a kill and capture mission. And um, it, it was like the Alamo. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it. I uh, Just, oh my god. Anyway, yeah. And uh, and I'm thinking, oh my god. This is my once upon a time little second grader and fifth grader. And he's leading all these guys now and put themselves in harm's way. And so he, uh, Rafael told me what, what they would do is they were bait. So they would go out somewhere on a kill and capture and then, you know, throw in grenades, stun grenades, shoot whoever's lying around, and then and then get a Taliban leader or um Al Qaeda. And uh within minutes, he said hundreds and hundreds of Taliban would would hit these compounds from two, three, sometimes four sides, and um they were surrounded, and he said. Then they always waited for air support. And uh, if you've ever seen those movies where they have those rotation machine guns that shoot like, like six thousand bullets in a minute, he said they, they would just be up there and they would eviscerate. You'd see trees in the distance, and you'd hear the the you'd hear usually they had attack helicopters, and they would just they'd go, and they would they would just nail. the the enemy in the distance, and it was just horrifying, anyway, the good news is, the very good news is that he's, he's 36 now, and he's got a high-tech job, in fact, he sent me a text message today from Stuttgart, Germany, and, um, he lives in Virginia. That's where his wife's from. They have three kids. Got a big farm, uh, six acres, and he takes care of it. He has got grapes all over it, which is, you know, his dad used to like to, to work with grapes. And, uh, you know, Rafael's a boy of the soil, so a uh, Latino boy of the soil. And uh, they like their plants. So he's what he does is he troubleshoots um IT, big-time IT, because toward the end of his service in Afghanistan, he was doing IT, and he said, "Uh, Mr. Carr, it's so nice to work on a computer, and nobody's walking mortars in on you. And I I asked him one time, he said, what do you mean they're walking mortars in on you? He said, well, what they do is they they shoot a mortar out, say, at, at 100 yards on the left, and they're trying to target you. And then they'd shoot a mortar closer to you, 80 yards closer to you on the right. And that they'd keep on decreasing the, the distance between you and the mortar. And when you see it happen, if you he said, if you're stupid enough to have your head up, it looks like these bombs are walking in on you because it goes left, right, left, or closer and closer and closer. Anyway, he said, you know, it's really a joy to, to be working on computers. And uh, nobody's sniping at you. You're not going to step on a bomb. Um, and he, he makes big money. And uh, his wife is a sweetie pie. I, I love her. And his two of his kids look just like him. <laughs> you know, they remind me of him in second grade. <sighs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so so Raphael's doing good, and I have that helmet. And um, If you can see all my all my podcasts have a a, 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 a photo, and uh, that's his that's his helmet. So anyway, that's forty two um, Afghanistan. Yeah. So thank you very much, Teacher Tales. There there will be more, um, and uh, this is the longest one that I've ever done. So thank you, thank you, thank you.